right, welcome everybody. It is episode thirty-five. We got. I got. I got my thirty-five. You tell me who your thirty-five is. Kevin Durant. That's a great thirty-five. Mine's Justin Verlander. The both good ones. That's right. Yours is more Detroit based, but and well, you know, it is what it is. Um, Patrick just asked us a great question. Yes. What some of our listeners might want to know. So our guest Patrick, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Why don't you, uh, Patrick? Is it Harrity? Patrick Harrity. Harrity. The okay. G is the G is the Irish G. It's silent. Okay. Harrity. Yeah. From the uh, Northeast Michigan Community Foundation is our guest this week. Thank you. Um, and he asked how Brad and I met. Well, you had sent me an invitation to come, and you yes. said that it's in your best friend's Brad's kitchen. Yes. So I asked how you two met and how this friendship started. Yes. It was me and my family moved here in 92. And by the way, my mom says hello. It's Julie Kozlowski. Oh, <laughs> wow. yeah. She was my mother. All right. And she says hello. And in 92, we moved to Alpena from Louisiana. And my brother, my older brother, Skeeter, became friends with Steve in high school. And they played basketball together. Which I met your brother through chat. That's how I met your I don't know if you ever do that. That's how I met your brother. It's Chad and your brother were hanging out. And Chad, of course, my other Asian friend. Okay. So it's weird uh, how you picked up the two Asians in OP. Yeah. And um, he, uh, yeah, kind of weird. Anyways, um, so long story short, he was like, yeah, I just, I've been hanging out with this guy. You should meet him. So, I, and then I met your brother. And then I, I mean, that's the beginning right there. So that's just how it started. So we've been going strong ever since. And then my brother went to college in 93. Okay. 94. Sorry. And then Steve took me under his wing, and we've just been friends since then. So you're coming up on your silver friendship anniversary, 25 years. Is that what it means? Something like that. It's getting there. It's kind of crazy. That's awesome. It really, when you, I guess when you really, we don't do this very often, when you step back and take a look at it, I mean, we've been through a lot. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you bet. Well, those are formidable years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. Anyway, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And you can send us emails at hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H O T T A K E F R O M T H E K I T C H E N at gmail.com. And we have two emails this week. One is from. Tommy Dowd, our guest from two weeks ago, and he just wanted to say, hey guys, I am now hooked on your podcast, good job. One correction from your interview with Preston is the mountain I want to climb is in Argentina and it's called Inconguea, I hope I got that right, and it's taller than Kilimanjaro. It's Tommy Dowd, the owner of Harborside Cycle and Sport. Thank you for the email, Tommy. And second email is from our friend Karen Grahusky. She says, hey, guys, just want to let you know that you're doing an awesome job on the podcast. I was hoping you could do me a favor and let the listeners know about the Blizzard of Books drive sponsored by the Friends of the Library. We are collecting new books for kids from birth to 17 years old. The books will be distributed with the Salvation Army Christmas baskets. Books can be dropped off at the library by December 11th. Thanks for sharing. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, Karen. Those are the books. Bring new books to the library. It'll be distributed to kids. <clears throat> My favorite little kids book is the, that Darth Vader series, the Star Wars kids book. I've ever seen like Vader goes to the Yeah, where he's like raising Luke. 
those are by far my favorite little kids' books. But I do feel the sudden urge to buy like the Harry Potter series and mm-hmm. give it to a kid because it's good for a seventeen-year-old or something. Yeah, I mean for an older old kid, yeah. yeah. And then, but that little Vader series is absolutely money. It's good to give the book, give a book as a gift, right? Yes. Great to get anybody reading. Kids are 17 years old, yes. you know, whatever. That's awesome. You know, what's weird is for me growing up, and I mean, um, it was where the sidewalk ends and the giving oh. tree. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Silverstein. Yeah. Is that? I remember that. And like Judy Bloom. Okay. You know, and the, those kind of things I remember reading a lot. Um, but I don't know if kids, I mean, I'm sure kids read, but really it seemed like I think it's mainly small screen reading, you know, at least maybe I'm just what, what goes on in my house, you know? Yeah. I think it's just changed. My nephew reads a lot. He he actually reads the books, hardcover books. It's diary of Olympic kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen that series in my house. I don't see my niece reading too much, but I'll probably get her some books on Christmas or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she needs to go down to the blizzard of books. Maybe. All right, hot takes. All right, so in all transparency, I don't know what Brad's going to say because I've been. Uh, I just literally got back into town, so this will be fun. I have three, okay. and then uh, maybe I'll jump on Twitter here in a second. So two are sports related. All right, all right. Uh, first one is Adidas is being sued by Brian Bowen. Really? Yes, I just saw this today. He's suing him under the RICO Act. So that's. Kind of a big deal because he was Brian Bowen was a a commit to Louisville University, and he was pretty much the one that brought down Rick the Pitino. Whole, yeah, the whole the thing, the whole thing, and the Adidas thing just blew up after that. And FBI investigations, so it's kind of a big deal here. So I don't know how far it's going to go. And did you say a civil suit? Uh, it's got to be a civil suit. I don't. I don't know. I just saw the headline. Did he, well, he wouldn't have had to pay the money back, would he? I don't think he. I think he would. Yeah. So I guess. And, all right. Well, then maybe there is some, something outside of a civil yeah. suit thing. Nice. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know how. I know you said you haven't listened much to our pod, but I kind of have a strong feeling about the NCAA sometimes. So, and. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of him sometimes and then in certain situations with Ashers sure. and um, when you, but it's uh, tough, right? I mean, yeah. you got, it's major business and you got these kids that are making billions of dollars for the universities that they're playing for. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a tough thing. I'm not sure what the answer is. It's tough because what you do is you take it. Well, let's use Michigan football because we love Michigan football. All right. We were, we were just there Saturday and we're sitting in this place I mean, we're, right. we're indoors in the box area. Fair enough. We got some tickets comp to us. And, it was um, a big surprise that we were actually sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, I'm, we're in this luxury box. No yeah. other way to call it, but what it is. And I'm sitting there. And first of all, I'm thinking, we're watching 19-year-old kids out there. Yep. That's the first thing I want. And then I'm watching 100,000 plus. It's all spent the money and the jersey and the hats and then the hot dogs. And, you know, not saying that there's not people working around there because there are. Sure. Absolutely. But you realize just when you're sitting somewhere like that, how professional it is. It is a hundred percent of big business. And the problem of course is while Michigan football makes more than enough money, they like to lump it in with lacrosse and all these other sure. sports that don't make a lot of money. Sure. 
So then you automatically tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. Well, you know, for me, as I look at it, you know, and you see the amount of money that's being made in some of these television rights that they have and the money that comes in, you know, through the conversation, I don't really hear anyone asking, what are the universities doing with this money? You know, these are, in often cases, these are state institutions that are being supported through tax dollars. And uh, I've got a freshman at a college and I haven't seen tuition come down in the last several years. No. And, and so what are these universities doing with all this money that they're getting? Of course, it's going into some of the venues and some other things. But, you know, it's, um, it's for me, that's the, that's the side of it that I've been thinking about lately. Right. And, of course, University of Michigan is a horrible example. Of, and I'm not trying to brag them up by any search term. But it seems like most of their sports draw well. Like their hockey, their basketball, even their girls' softball, which a lot of schools don't draw people um our gym i saw they were trying to sell like season tickets to the gym program sure you get girls that go there or kids that go there that you know want to be olympians i mean or the swimming program again michael phelps was there i mean sure all these you know you're getting world-class athletes well it's a world-class university i mean it's one of the top public universities in the united states and having these amenities and facilities certainly attract kids (laughs) i mean there's no question on that you know and they've got you know We'll talk about maybe endowments, but, you know, University of Michigan, you know, one point whatever billion dollars in endowed funds there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, they've, they've got some great alumni that help support the school, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I just, I mean, when I was sitting there, it literally, I mean, for the first, I don't know how you were, but for the first 20 minutes, I just felt really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I do not belong here. I'm not going to get me out of here. And I really, but I was like, well, where are we going to go? <laughs> watch the game. Yeah, you know, like, you watch the game. Watch the game. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was something else. Yeah. Big game. Is it this week is the yes. Michigan Ohio state game. Saturday. That's what Saturday and, and Michigan is favored in that game. I'm a Pac-12 guy, right? So I know you are. You know, I, I'm starting to learn this rivalry stuff. We're going to put the fist of cups out here soon. Don't worry. All right. I know you are. I said this before in the pod. You're a big Arizona guy. I know well, this. and we attract softball players. I'm just going to yeah, tell yeah. you. I won a couple of women's national championships there at Arizona in softball. <laughs> Not a bad swimming program out there either. And the lawsuit from Brian Bowen is a federal racketeering lawsuit. Okay. So yeah. I was going to say, I thought it would be federal under the RICO Act. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Second hot take is sort of a heartfelt one. An anonymous Santa, in your quotes, pays off all the layaways at a Walmart in Vermont. I guess this guy did it last month, but he just went in and paid off everybody's layaway. That's awesome. Yes. That's a super good one. I'm very happy he did that. That's awesome. They didn't say how much he paid, but yeah, it's nice for him to do that. As... Patrick knows very well. Our community is super generous, and I'm always taken aback by it. Every day, something happens that just absolutely, I just shake my head at, and I I can't. I'm just very grateful to live in the area we do, and I know I know you have a lot of experience with this as well with what you do do. And well, two years of experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for some, that may be a lot. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, it's um, just for simple as. Um, we have a you know, the Toys for Tots Vietnam Vets box in our showroom. And, you know, I mean, they're almost filled already. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Some of that's – a lot of that's my boss. But uh, the employees all bring in a troy in. I mean, everybody sure. that works 
puts a toy in there and, you know, they all follow his lead. So it's just really crazy to watch. And then of course, you know, inevitably we get the lady that comes in for the oil change last week that saw it there and she felt bad. She didn't have her toy for the year and she'll come in and just drop it in there. It's like, sorry, I didn't know you guys had it ready. And then walk right out. It's just, it's crazy. It is. It's nice. Well, there is something about this time of year, you know, where people are moved, yes. you know, and those selfless acts um, are meaningful, you know. I'm sure we'll get into one next Tuesday that you're a big part of. Yeah, but I got to tell you, you know, I wonder, you know, if I live in that town and I have I wonder if I would just go in and put things on layaway, you know. <laughs> Is that terrible? Maybe we should erase that part of the podcast. But if he did it last year and it's the same Walmart, I wonder if any, you know, that's, is that yeah, I mean, I guess, right? If anything, it'll bring business into the Walmart. So. Well, I mean, for some of the evils that Walmart does present, they are still, they employ dozens yes. upon dozens of local people Absolutely. that do, you know, and I have, we have a good friend's wife that works at, um, I remember our first guest in our pod, technically, his wife works there, and um, or a girlfriend, I guess, technically, but anyways, um, so yeah, it takes semantics. You're not saying names. No, no. I don't even know if he'll listen to it anymore. I don't know either. <laughs> he gets he listened to the first one, he was like, All right, and then he listened to the third one and then um we had an episode with my buddy Rick and they him and Brad started Dog and Dave Matthews and I think oh. he just was like, Click, I'm done with this noise, I don't need to hear it ever again. So it's fine. Whatever. All right. We'll let the break. The third hot take is there's a string of football players given the bird in games this week. There's a running back from Harvard. They were playing Yale, and as he was running in for a touchdown, he decided to give the linebacker the bird, and the touchdown was called back for sportsmanlike conduct, which I think is stupid. Whatever. I say tack the penalty onto the kickoff or something. Now, had he given the bird after he crossed the goal line and the touchdown, then that's what would have happened, right? Yes. But the bird was in the field of play. Is yes. that how it went down? Yes. All right. And then yesterday, I'm all right with it. Believe it or not, and, I mean, for the most part, I I think I'm all right with that one. I think I, I'm all right with them calling it back. Otherwise, they're all everyone's going to be doing it. If all you're going to do is just hit them afterwards, then people are. This is just the world we live in. People take it further and further. So right now, it's the bird, but then it becomes something else crazy. So that's my. It's the taunting rule, right? Is yeah. that is that what it is? Yeah. The flag is on taunting. Yeah. I know yeah. it's part of the fun police, but you think of. All the the bad. I mean, NFL has enough problems, with, and I'm not saying this was the NFL, but it all trickles down or trickles up, depending on how you want to look at it. Well, it seemed to have trickled up. Yeah, and then um, yeah, because I'm sure you're getting there. That's what I mean. Like, there's got to be some type of otherwise, it's just going to be a commonplace thing. But there's always going to be taunting anyway. That's true. I mean, and then again, I don't I mean, like this is sort place. of an extreme taunting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this led to Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles giving Sean Payton the bird yesterday after the Saints scored on the Eagles. Was this the fifth touchdown or the? Uh, they were up big. <laughs> but, yeah, it was one of the later touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I watched that game last night, and let me tell you something. He called off the dogs. He should not have been throwing the bird because, let me tell you something, he could have, I mean – he could, Sean could have easily just stepped on the gas and said, Scored I they 90? Could, oh, they could have scored 90 on him last night. All right. Easily. 
easily. He could have just kept her going. Um, hot take tonight. Who do you got? Rams or Chiefs? I like the Chiefs. Where are they playing? They're playing at. They're playing in LA. Bay. Yeah, because they were supposed to play in Mexico City. Oh, Chiefs all right. Both they're both nine and one teams yes. coming into the thing. Yes. Top two scoring offenses in the NFL. I think you go with the. I, I having no dog. I, I would go with the home team on that one. No, this is a good matchup this week for me and Dylan. We play each other in fantasy football this week, and. We both have a lot of Kansas City and, and uh, St. Well, not St. Louis, L.A. players. See, that's how old I am. And um, we're when you do it right at the beginning of the week, it's going to come down to Monday football. So, who do you think is going to win? I think the Rams are probably going to win, only because I think they have an actually better defense, and Mahomes is pretty young. To be facing Donald and Sue, I wouldn't surprise me at all if Sue can get his hands out. So Sue will get a penalty tonight. He just gets too excited in these situations and does something really boneheaded. Just yeah, you can see that happening. Yeah, got to catch him first though. That is true. And I, mean, quick. Knows. Yeah. I love him. I love him. I mean, he's amazing. But I just yeah. All right. Any other hot takes for me? What'd you think of the Michigan game? The experience was weird, and I think they didn't play their best game, but I think they're sort of looking ahead to this weekend. It wasn't just looking ahead. You saw this with Ohio State, too. Oh, yeah. Teams, when they know they're playing someone else, a big game like they do, they don't want to play all their cards. Things that they normally would do or save to show a wrinkle, like, oh, man, they're going to – they're going to put eight, nine in the box. We're going to run this play when you put eight or nine in the box. Michigan's not going to show that play in this situation. They're just going to say, if they're going to put eight, nine in the box, we're just going to try our best. And Ohio State did the same thing. So these games, what happens is you just try to get through them and win without tipping your hand too much. And, it, you know, everyone not get hurt, which you and I at one point were almost – I mean, I chewed through my nails of that game. So um, who do you got? I've got Michigan, of course. I've been saying Michigan for weeks now, so I'm not going to change it. Gosh. Let me ask you this. Is this a season a complete waste if Michigan does to beat Ohio State tomorrow or next week? In a way. But I don't think it's a complete waste. I don't think it's a – I think it's a waste for the team. I don't think it's a waste for Harbaugh, though. No. Yeah. He had to have the season he just put together. I think if he keeps it close, as long as they don't get blown out by Ohio State, I mean, I think everyone will probably be pretty happy. Well, I think there's still going to be people calling for Harbaugh. Oh, I, I do too, but what I'm saying is if he would have lost to Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Or he, he, right. Yeah. yeah. You know. So is it the revenge tour? Is that yeah. the thing that I've seen? And is this the last one on the list? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. So they've crossed off all the others. I think that uh, usually turns out to be a pretty good game. And yeah. I think whoever loses the alumni from that squad is usually pretty hot. Yeah. Right? So someone's coaching job will be called for probably after Saturday. <laughs> you can, you can interest. This could be great. So let me ask you this. Who do you think it's a bigger game for? Harbaugh, which we just touched on, or is it a really – because this is a big game for Meyer too. I think this is almost a must-win for him. Well, I, I think, think he's in trouble no matter what. Yeah. Happens. I think if Michigan comes and shoves it right down their throat, I think he's done. 
I think from, I didn't see any of the games, but I follow it, you know, in, in some of the sports write-ups afterwards. I mean, he's got some pretty serious health concerns going on. I mean, I saw yes. some of those clips of him on the sideline. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it, it, it's just a game, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, health-wise, um, he'll take care of himself. Mm, he had health problems going to Florida. Though. Yeah, because didn't he retire and then came yes. out of retirement and, you know, so – but there's some other things that are hanging over his head with his ass- former assistant coach to make it for some issues there. Too. All right. Oh, sure. I remember that story. Yeah. But anyway, from the beginning of the season. If I can't say anything nice, if I can't say anything nice, I'm not going to say anything at all. Sorry. So, and I can't. Say I tried nice. to put it delicately. You did a lot better job than I would. So I'm just not even going to say anything. All right. All right. So we have a trivia list. We do. I thought I think we should just wait till season two to okay. get back. I like it. So, so a trivia list? Well what we do is we have so what on and off we had um the C V B Yes gives us a, a question about Alpina. Oh. And then people can answer and we've had had a touch and go because for a while there we blew through the questions. And then they finally just got us a master list that we can finally use. Oh, fair enough. All right. But no pressure for you. Okay, good. But we do like it for our guests to, if they know it. You know, you can't answer now. Right. But, um, it's fun to know. Some we've had some great ones on there. That's for certain. Yes. So I guess this will be the first segment then. That was it. That's awesome. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll meet Patrick. All right. Sounds good. So, I, Brad, I don't know how well you know Patrick, but you do know Patrick's kid very well. You are? Yes, you do. Patrick's son, his name is Patrick, and he is a scooper at Scoops. Oh, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> are you a fan of Scoops? Oh, I love Scoops. You love Scoops? I do. Yeah. So, my favorite right. story of Patrick at Scoops is my wife decided, uh, Patrick was, it was early in the season this year. All right. Patrick was training someone. Okay. And my wife, for some reason, just thought of, I don't even know why she did it, but she goes, I'm going to order a banana split today. Mm. So she's like, I mean, we've I, this is the only time she's ever gotten, the one time in all the years we've gone there. And they made, this banana split was so flipping big. Were you there that night? This thing was going everywhere. And all I remember is Patrick came out with it and he put it, he actually carried it out. <laughs> he couldn't even handle the cross. All right. Yeah, <laughs> all around. He puts the thing on the table. He goes, I'll be back when more happens. I'm sorry. And this thing, I mean, and then of course it's melting. So then it, just, yeah. Um, I mean, we had like three people working on it just to try to, but yeah, yeah, that's I mean, great. Um, I'll have to try one of those down there. I have not had the banana split at Scoops. So um, I know as a parent, anytime someone says, "Man, you got a great kid," I don't, you know, you know, you just swell inside. Sure, you got a great kid. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, he is. He's a he's he's a he's my Renaissance man. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm very proud of him. Yeah. Go pick him up tomorrow. Uh, he's a freshman at Michigan state university. That's why I'm starting to get out of the pac 12 a little bit and delve into this rivalry. (laughs) Um, he's chemical engineering. Uh, We haven't seen him since he started school. Uh, he's been on campus the whole time. Hasn't come home. So we're excited to have him home for Thanksgiving. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I know. Um, as I can relate, I just told you my daughter <clears throat> got home Saturday. Still haven't seen her because okay. I was down state all weekend. And, sure. Um, she's been texting me on and off the whole weekend, like, hey, when are you get home? And 
I was like, well, we'll hang out tomorrow. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's just good when it always feels great to know their home. Yep. And, uh, yep. Good to eyeball them and see what's going on and uh, hear his laughter. And I've got another boy, Liam. Uh, Liam is a freshman uh, at Alpena High School. Um, great kid. Uh, we just uh, went down to Saginaw Valley State University. He's a swimmer. Um, and he broke this weekend two Alpena club records that have uh, been in existence for 27 years. So he, he set the 50 free and the 100 free wow. uh, this weekend. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm so proud of him. He's, he's been working his butt off uh, throughout his swimming career. Hasn't practiced a lot this year, so we weren't sure what was going to happen. And uh, it's pretty exciting uh, when your kids do well, you know. Yeah. Uh, your wife, Ann? My wife, Ann, yeah. Uh, Basto. Yeah, she's a Basto. She is the reason that we are here in, in Alpena. She's still with Mid-Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah. She, she's Mid-Michigan. Um, she works uh, She works in the volunteer department a couple days out of the week. And then she works up in the business development office a couple days a week. And then uh, also does helps out with some marketing yeah, there. Yeah, talked to her in a couple different things. I know um, when they did the ribbon cutting on the emergency room. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was, yeah. I saw her there. And, um, of course, Mrs. Basto was my third grade elementary. Was teacher. she? <laughs> so... Um, yeah. Which brings me to you, yeah. Patrick. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, just a little background. Yeah, yeah. So um, Patrick Anthony Harity. So even though my son is named Patrick, his middle name is Joseph. Okay. My father was also a Patrick Harity. His middle name was Christopher. So there has been a history of firstborn son to the firstborn son has been named Patrick for a long time. All right. Uh, my parents are immigrants. Uh, they came from Ireland uh, in the mid-60s. Uh, my dad was here for 30 days when he was drafted into the U.S. Army. Wow. Uh, he ended up spending 20 years in the Army. Uh, he loved it, uh, made a career of it. Um, of that 20 years, he spent 17 of those stationed outside of the United States, mainly in Europe and in Italy, uh, close for him and my mom to be able to get home. So I... Went to DOD schools, uh, mainly in Europe and Italy. Uh, I'm old enough that I actually was in Berlin when the wall was up. I did uh, first grade through fifth grade there. So of my 12 years, 13 years if you count kindergarten, uh, I moved schools seven times. Uh, ended up moving to Sierra Vista, Arizona, which uh, there was a military base nearby, Fort Huachuca, actually where I was born. Um, graduated from high school there. I did my junior and senior year there, graduate high school, and from there I went to the University of Arizona in Tucson. That hurts my ears, but... That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I understand. Uh, and it was there, uh, working my way through school. Uh, I worked for Weston Hotels and Resorts, worked at Weston La Paloma, and I was a bartender there. And our office was right between the time clock and the cafeteria. So you saw everybody. I mean, whether they were punching in or they were eating, you got to see people. And one day I laid eyes on Ann Basto, and for me it was love at first sight. Uh, you'll have to interview her at some point to see what her thoughts were. Uh, but uh, a few years later we got married. Um, lived in Arizona for a couple of years, and when she was actually pregnant with our oldest boy, Patrick, was when she said that she wanted to come back to Michigan. She wanted to raise her family here. I knew that they weren't going to build a Western Resort in Alpena, at least at that time. <laughs> and so I had a few weeks vacation. Uh, we came to Alpena. Uh, she had an aunt in Lansing, aunt and uncle in Lansing. 
And uh, anyway, ended up moving to Lansing for a couple of years. There was a Sheraton there owned by auto owners. Um, so it was a franchise. Um, worked there for a couple of years. And then the lady that actually hired me out from Arizona, her husband started a startup. And um, he asked me to come work for him. And I said, you're crazy. Because I was working for auto owners at the time. Great organization. Very good to me. Um, and he said, you can live anywhere in the world. And I said, what does that mean? He said, that means you can live in Alpena. We were here two weeks later. So that was 2002. So we came to Alpena. Um, and that was great. Uh, a couple years later, Liam joined the family. Um, spent 12 years working for this startup. We were in the financial services. We did credit card processing. Um, great company built. Um, and then in 2012, competition was such that we had to get bigger. So we went out to acquire, and in the process, we were acquired. Fast forward a couple of years later, three other acquisitions. And I heard from the executive director at the Community Foundation that she was retiring. I had known her for many years. Um, I had met her through Rotary. And her and I actually served on the Rotary Board. I was one step behind her. So we spent six years together on the Rotary Board. She was president one year ahead of me. And uh, I said, what do you do? I had heard about the Community Foundation. But candidly, other than Barb working there, I really didn't know what they did. And I had been here for 12 years and active in the community. And shame on me. Um, and I said, what do you do? And so we started talking. And I applied for the position. And uh, happy to say that the board hired me. Exactly. And so that would have been November of 2016, so two years ago. Yeah, so that's a little bit about my story. Uh, my mom is still living. She's in Tucson, Arizona. I lost my dad seven years ago uh, to cancer. Uh, I have one sister, Susan. She lives in Tucson, uh, married, has two kids. Um, that's my family. Uh, what brought Ann back to Alpena was her family. Her mom was here. Her grandparents were here. Her brother ended up coming back here. She has an aunt and uncle that have come back here, and it was family that brought her here, wanted her to come back here. And so I'm thrilled. Uh, winter is too long. Um, it's about three to four weeks too long, both in the fall and in the spring. And you're getting like six to eight this year. Yeah, well, it's an El Nino. It's supposed to be an El Nino, man. So I think it's, uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be a little warmer with a little less precipitation, right? But that's just me being hopeful yeah. coming into the first real snowfall and cold. Yeah, it's, uh, we, it got the jump on us this year, that's for certain. Yeah. So circle back to what you were talking about. Yeah. Brad was born in Germany. I was. Where were you born? I was born in Launchstuhl. That's so funny because I went to kindergarten in Launchstuhl. Yeah. My mom and my dad was in the army and he was stationed in Palmer. Okay. I guess they didn't have a hospital there. So they had to rush my mom to the hospital and launch school. That's where I was born. That's awesome. Yeah. When I was six months, we moved to Louisiana and were there for three or four years. And then we were moved back to Germany to Bielflicken. I don't know where Bielflicken is. Uh, it's over by Frankfurt. Okay. All right. So Certainly know where that is. Two or three hours from Frankfurt. All right. Then we were stationed back in Louisiana in 92. We moved here. So my parents were moving. Fair enough. All right. So what grade, when you went back, were you in school there? Were you of an age to go to school uh, there? I 
started in kindergarten and went through second grade. Okay. So you know all your German colors and you can count to 10. No? I can count to 10. All right. <laughs> you remembered something. Yes. Yeah. That's Not awesome. Not very well. But... Yeah. Yeah. So I did kindergarten and launch duel. Then we went to Berlin. And that was first through fifth. And then actually Augusta, Georgia uh, for fifth grade and part of sixth grade. They've got a big military <clears throat> army base out there, which was great because I got to go to the Masters twice with my dad. So we <laughs> nice. were there for two Masters. Whole family got to go. And then it was Naples, Italy, um, which was weird for an Army guy to be at the home of the Sixth Fleet. Um, but he was there, um, did the stint with NATO. And so I did 7th, 8th, and ninth grade there. And then back up to Germany, we lived in Worms, but I went to school in Mannheim. And I did my sophomore year there. And then to Arizona, Sierra Vista for 11th and 12th grade. Yeah. I credit. <clears throat> I have a really easy time walking up to people. And just start talking to them. Yeah. And I credit that from, um, I'm, I moved around a lot as a kid. All right. I mean, my mom moved us around. She just did whatever she could to try to just make it in, in the world. You know, yeah. as a single lady in the 80s working at Easy Way. I still laugh. She, I remember my mom told me she worked at Easy Way for like $2 an hour or something right. crazy like that, you know. And, um, but I say it all the time that the reason I have no problem just walking up there talking to people is because that's just how it was. Like, right. If I didn't do that, it could only much have been even more crazy for you being in a couple of different countries. And yeah, I think it was the fact that we went to DOD schools. Um, plus with my parents being Irish, they could choose, you know, there was oftentimes that we didn't live on the base, but we lived on what was called the economy. Um, but the Irish, well, they're typically loved and, and accepted anywhere. You know, and so I think the fact that they were Irish helped in that. Um, but, you know, I've seen you in action, Steve, and I think that it does help you to have grown up with some of that. But I think you also have a general interest in people. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. You know, yeah. well, it depends on what maybe it depends on what colors they're wearing or what <laughs> logos or brands they might not, you know, school insignia. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. um, so I guess. You know, I mean, take a break and then we'll come back and then we can start talking about the Community Foundation yeah. a little bit. All right, let's do that. We'll take a break. Right. Come back and we'll start the Community Foundation. We'll there. Cool. So the Community Foundation. Yes. Um, first things first, let me thank you on behalf of the United Way. I know a couple years, I've been with them for about four years in different capacities, but um, you and your wife have been the lead on the last two, two yeah, campaigns. Correct. Last yeah. year and this year, uh, we only got a couple months. It'll be weird. It's going to be this, you know, cause when Bruce and Jamie were the, the, the two years before us, okay. um, we were in a, we were in a, like a mentor capacity where sure. we kind of watched with them and helped, you know, learn from them. Yeah. And then we took over these next, these last two years and, uh, it's really kind of become a part of my life, but sure. I do know that we have filled out some grants, you know, that the United Way has, and you guys generously uh, donated. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the cool thing about, part of the cool thing about working at the Community Foundation is that we get to play a role in that, but it's really the generosity of the donors that have put the money at the Community Foundation and funds that allow us to do that kind of stuff. So it's great to be a part of that, but it's the donors that deserve all the credit for making that happen. Yeah, I know you can relate to this. I've had people come up to me and tell me thank you, and I always 
first thing out of my mouth is like, it's definitely not me as right. little to do with me, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's the guy that's donating $1 a week out of his paycheck, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's, and all those people. I mean, I know they really understand that we really do appreciate them, you know? And, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think people just want to express their thanks and say thank you to someone, yeah. you know? And so you get to represent the organization in those moments, yeah. you know? So why don't you tell people a little bit about maybe someone like you that didn't really know all the community foundations. Yeah. Has. Yeah. Why don't you kind of give us a little synopsis? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was interesting when I, when I went through, I, I was very fortunate that I got to have four months of training with the outgoing executive director, Barb uh, Williard France. Um, I met her as Barb Williard, and uh, she got married to Wayne France, and she became uh, um, Barbara France. Um, I had four months to train with her. But I think it was on day one or day two when I was trying to understand this concept, she mentioned the United Way. She said the United, and this was just, you know, the United Way is like a community's checkbook, and the community foundation is like the community savings account. And so that kind of helped me kind of, you know, frame it and think about it. Uh, you know, we're a charitable, so... I guess in a nutshell, you know, the Community Foundation, um, you know, we're, we're a charitable organization. Uh, we started in 1974 by a, by a group of local citizens. And um, we're a collection of funds. So uh, scholarship funds. Um, there are different types of funds that are there. Donor advised funds, agency funds. We're a collection of funds. Well, there's over 500 now. Um, but really it's a collection of stories because it's the stories of the donors and, and their passions uh, that brought them to the community foundation to start these funds. So we're a collection of funds. Uh, we serve nine counties. Um, geographically, we're the largest community foundation in the state of Michigan. I saw that. Yeah. 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 So it's a big territory, right? So you got to be careful um, as you schedule your day. Because you may be in Sheboygan in the morning and you may be in West Branch in the evening. And that's a, that's a hike, yeah. <laughs> you know. But the LEAD Foundation is, um, which is the Community Foundation for Northeast Michigan, is Alpena, Alcona, Mount Morency, and Presqu'ile. So those four counties. And then we have three affiliates that um, roll up under us. For, and, and so... The affiliates came to us through a challenge grant by the Kellogg Foundation back in the 90s. They wanted to inspire youth philanthropy. Um, and so they did a two-for-one match on any funds. But their stipulations were that the monies had to be held at a community foundation and that the monies also had to be uh, the grant making of those uh, endowed funds had to be managed by youth. And so that's how the affiliates started because we had donors <laughs> that wanted to give money and Kellogg to match, but it had to be housed at a community foundation. So we have the Straits Area Community Foundation uh, that serves Sheboygan County and Mackinac City, because Mackinac City has a school, high school in it, so they carved that out. And then we have Iosco County, uh, so that's the Iosco County Community Foundation. Which is really cool because Tony Johnson. Yes, yes, you know Tony. Tony and I used to work together at Family Video. Oh, really? Yep. So, um, small world. Yeah. So Tony Johnson has been a member. So, so Tony Johnson is part of the um, board that that's at the uh, Iosco County Community Foundation (ICCF), um, and and he's just been a great advocate um, and a and a great supporter of the foundation, and and is well respected in the community. A lot of people know him. So. Uh, he, he's, he's cool. 
Uh, and then we go into uh, North Central Michigan Community Foundation, which is Crawford, Ogama, and Oscoda counties. So we got nine counties, which pretty much, if you look at a map, it's almost all of Northeast Michigan. It's substantial and it's cool. Yeah, it's it's a great size, and and uh, you know, as you know, we have a lot of need in our community, and and oftentimes these funds that are at the foundation will address a, a particular need, or or will will address a field of interest or or a, or a wide range of, of needs, and so. Um, 500 stories, 500 funds. Uh, currently, the foundation has assets of just under $48 million. And so uh, I think in the near future, I think we'll see the foundation um, eclipse that $50 million mark, uh, which will be pretty awesome. Um, but I, I think one thing that's cool about the foundation is that in that, you know, in, in that 45 years, um, a little over $42 million in grant money has gone out. And so that was the other thing for me on foundations. What's this crazy math, right? So you open a fund and let's say you, you have some assets. And so you open a fund that's $100,000. And over the next 20 years, you grant out $100,000 and the fund still has $108,000 in it, right? That's crazy math, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I've come to learn that that's the power of an endowed fund. Yeah. And so that's where the tagline for good forever comes. So, you know, simply, you know, the foundation for me is we're a place where donors can come and give gifts. And then the foundation gives that money out through grants and scholarships. In a lot of neat ways. Um, I know you guys offer a lot of different grants throughout the year. Um, I don't know about you, but grants are my favorite thing. Yeah. For at least with the United Way. Um, that's not to say that those agencies that we help sponsor and Lord knows they do a world of good, but, um, grand day, primarily because I think one of it is I get to hand the check to the people and I've heard stories at that moment where I hand the check to those people and, um, they'll tell me like, you wouldn't believe how much we needed this right. at this, this came right at the right time for us. Right. Or, um, I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, as I had said earlier, there's a lot of need in our community and we've got a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of great work to address those needs. Um, and sometimes $2,000, $3,000, can make a huge difference in what they're doing uh, and the services that, that they're providing, you know. Um, so I think that the foundation for its grant making ability uh, is incredible for their community relations. Uh, there's a lot. You know, we're a, very, we're a non-political organization, so the power to be able to bring people together as a convener is something that the foundation is able to do. Um, great staff down there. I mean, I was very lucky to come into a very um, passionate and professional and experienced staff. Um, you know, between them, I think at the time there was well over 50 years of, of collective knowledge. So that was great for me because... You know, you have that history and they know how things go, right? Yeah, the rhythm. The rhythm, absolutely. And so I think we're also a knowledge broker and, and at times when people will call and say, hey, I got a question or, hey, how do I, mm -hmm. you know, and the staff can kind of point them out, you know, if there's something that we can't help with. And we kind of know people that might be able to do something. Um, almost probably about the same time you started. Um, a girl I went to, a girl I grew up with, Kara Bauer. You did. <laughs> All right. I don't have many people. And <laughs> I've told, Kara knows the story. I don't think I've ever told the story in the pod, but 
Um, I when I grew up, I grew up in a time in Alpena. Um, wasn't very acceptable accepting of Asian people. Fair enough. And um, I just did not want to go to school. Like, sure. Like, um, I, like I remember that my, my mom will tell my mom tells a story in a much more tragic way, but that first she was so happy to see me come off the bus. You know, like oh my gosh, my son's first day of school. Yeah. I got off the bus, I just started crying. Sure. Like I mean, just was absolutely exhausted. Those kids picked on me so bad in the bus, I didn't want to go back on it. Sure. So, and of course, we had a really busted car. Like, so my mom was like, "This bus is really the only way I can get you to school." With, yeah. You know, and um, long story short, after about six weeks, um, Kara's brother Jeff, God rest his soul, um, just one day just was in the back, I and mean, he was a lot older, and he just was like, "Hey, that's enough." Like, leave the kid alone. And that was it. I never got bothered ever again. Yeah. And um, I, like I said, I've known Kara since we were in kindergarten at Oxbow all the way up through. And uh, her and her brother, Joel, and even Mr. Bauer. Yeah. Um, they're all awesome people. They are. Um, I know that my wife, uh, growing up here in Alpena, she knew the Bauer clan. Her brother, her younger brother, Joe, uh, was good friends with, with Jeff and uh, Joel. And, um, you know, when I came into the foundation, I could tell that that staff was running at capacity and, 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 you know, we were able through some strategic planning to kind of look to realign some positions and, and we were able to, to go out and make a hire. And uh, Kara's just been an awesome fit down there. Um, the knowledge that she's brought back to the community of the community, because she was gone, yeah. right? Um, but she certainly knows uh, uh, the stories, the families, the people. Um, but Kara is just open and accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that came from her upbringing and from her parents. You know, um, I've known Mr. Bauer uh, just a little bit and uh, what an incredible man, you know, um, but but they're very open. And so I'm not surprised to hear that story, <laughs> um, but I'm proud of Jeff, you know, for 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 saying, hey, that's enough, because yeah. I'm sure you thought it was enough. Oh, you I, know. Um... I mean, there, there. I don't have very many moments in my life where I point to them and like that changed me. Yeah, and that moment changed my life. I yeah, percent did. Yeah, and, and I mean, it went. It didn't just change mine, but it, you know, like I look back at um, <clears throat> my mom didn't know what to do. Sure, you know, because the school system wasn't very much help. I mean, yeah, it was just a different time. With the way we look at bullying now, it, I, I sometimes just chuckle at it because right. you know, it's just right. Well, I'll be honest, you know, when we had an opportunity to move to Alpena, and and I'm the type of guy that writes down pros and cons, right, for some decision making. This was a big one, you know. And in my con column, there was only one thing, and that was racial diversity. And Ann said to me, she said, we can teach that at home, you know, and we came. And while I think that's true. Um, I think it's a lot easier to do in a, in a, in a diverse environment, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's a little tough. So, um, you know, I think you've seen Alpena, um, become more diverse over time, Oh yeah, hundred percent. you know, um, but I can only imagine what that would have been like back in the (laughs) early nineties in the 80s, 1980. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, to pivot since we are talking about, yeah, cool. Yeah. One of the great things that I know you guys will start soon uh, is you'll start accepting applications for scholarship. Yeah. So the scholarship program is uh, it's it's the largest program that we manage at the Community Foundation. Um, probably twelve million dollars in assets right now. So a quarter of our assets, um, one hundred and sixty-eight of our funds are scholarship funds. 
Um, and uh, last year awarded almost $500,000 in scholarships around the nine counties. So uh, one of the things that we've done uh, this year is um, we had a couple of people handling scholarships before, you know, some handling, you know, for Sefnim for the four county area. And then we've got some that, you know, we're handling the straits. And so we've brought all that under one office under Julie Wieson. And we're just trying to bring a little um, structure to the program um, and use technology to help us run it. Um, it is a very uh, labor intensive thing to administer because you think of this, we have 168 different scholarship funds. You think, oh, all right. But some of them can be, it's only for Alpena High School students that are going to uh, Michigan school studying veterinary sciences, right. right? So they can be very specific. Others are, broad, are a little more broad. So we're going to use technology uh, to bring, um, the LEAD Foundation has used the program to help us manage scholarships for the last three years. And this year we're adding the affiliates uh, to an online program. And so uh, we have been spending a lot of time um, with scholarships over the last six months. Uh, Julie's been doing the heavy lifting because the questions that students go in and answer, the software is intuitive. So once you're done, you know, if you answer one question one way, it might filter another question, right? So getting all the details to get the questions right to filter the students uh, is important. So um, one thing we've done to help us manage the scholarship program is we're going to start it earlier. So we would open it like February and have it go through April. And then uh, when April closed, you know, when we have all the applications in, we have to have committee members read through all of the applications, score all of the applicants, and then we've got to rank them. And then we've got to look and see what scholarships and how much money is involved and and so it, it, it takes time mm -hmm. uh, to get there. And of course, you know, kids are, you know, they're, they're graduating, what, June 6th, <laughs> right? And so one thing that we could do is play with the calendar a little bit, buy us a little bit more time. So we're going to open the scholarships up January 1, and then we'll have them run through March. And so that'll give us one more month to kind of work through this. This way, the schools can have the information earlier. They want to have awards nights. Yep. They want to know what scholarships their kids, they, the communities want to celebrate. That's important. Well, I think the parents too, you know, I mean, you and I both can relate as parents that have kids that are going to the next level of college. How are you going to pay for it? Yeah. The sooner you get that information, the better it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you have to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So scholarships are fun, man. Um, you know, it's amazing to me what kids are doing today, you know? <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's incredible when you look at not only, you know, I mean, 4.0. I mean, these kids have 4.2s, 4.3s, 4.7s. Yeah. You know, they're taking advanced classes. The volunteer hours are ridiculous, uh, which is amazing, right, to connect them to that service. But the number of um, – and then you throw in work and extracurricular activities. Um, what these kids are doing today and, and how they're achieving is – it's pretty incredible. And another thing I always love is, like, that robotics program. Yeah. Like, to just sit there and take that all in, it's just, like, amazing. And then to see it – my kids are going to pose them. So to even see them doing it out there – I mean, that's, that's a really big thing for that community. You know? And they've got a great mentor out there imposing. Um, and uh, they've got a good team, yeah. you know. Is that the Viking Kujan? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, STEM is, you know, when you look at some of our employment opportunities in the area, you look at that whole STEM career, uh, the need for um, engineers, math people, science, um, to kind of build that culture up in our school system and, and, and you know, kind of acclimate our kids to that environment and these tools. Um, hopefully when they go to school and, and get their degrees, they'll look to come back and have work here. So, I mean, um, it's good for our kids to have this skill set. It's also good for our community that these kids have this skill set. So the robotics program is cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we'll take your break here. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about the community foundation. I think the only thing, other thing that I just really want to touch on is that, you know, um, we have an independent board. I mean, this is the governing yeah. body. This is who I report to. So and if any of them is listening, I better say nice things about them. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's a board of 22 individuals. You know, we serve nine counties. So we want to have representation um, and voices from those areas on the board. Um, we also, because of our youth advisor councils, you know, 19 schools, 150 kids. Um, we have a youth, we, we have a seat for youth on our board. They're a voting member. And so um, independently uh, run through the board. Um, and then we belong to national standards, uh, which is a seal of approval. It's a rigorous process that we go through every year to attain. So that's important for us. Um, and we have an independent audit that's done every year. So we have the auditors coming in to make sure that we are following all the best practices and all the best rules that are out there. Yeah. So from a governance standpoint, uh, I was very lucky to step into a, a, an organization that was very well organized through committee structures. Um, and, and since its inception in 1974, all of those members that have served on our boards over the year really have um, done a great job through their stewardship uh, really to put us where we are today um, as, as just a, a solid, well-run, managed organization. <clears throat> and it seems to have grown through just so it seems a little more over the past 10 years. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I know I've heard of the Community Foundation for a while in our community, but really, and I, I won't lie, I mean, we're going to talk about that in our next segment, Giving Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, you guys had a great year last year. And, Unbelievable. Yeah, and it'll be fun to talk about here in the yeah. next uh, yeah. segment. But um, it, it seemed like that whole Giving Tuesday over the past couple of years maybe brought a little more people were stayed in their memory a little bit longer. I think it's our biggest public relations event that we have, you know, for people to hear about the community foundation, to learn about the community foundation. So from a public relations standpoint, it's great uh, that day. Um, and then just the investment strategy of the foundation, this, this power of the collective, you know, our money is invested and pooled together. Um, and, uh, because of our asset size, we are um, available to take advantage of certain investment opportunities that I certainly can't take advantage of with my portfolio. Right. Uh, and of course, the last couple of years have been very good in the stock market. And so investment returns have been great for the foundation. Excellent. So did you learn something about the Community Foundation? Yes. And I'm sure I'll learn more when I read, listen to this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about Giving Tuesday, which um, will be next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we go uh, at the uh, yes, next yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. So at the time we're taping this right now, we have Thanksgiving in a couple days. Then we go Black Friday. Yeah. Small Business Saturday. Yeah. And then I don't. I was trying to think. Is there anything for Sunday? 
I don't. I think it's a day of rest. Yeah, I guess so. Right? And then Cyber Monday. And Cyber then Monday. Given Tuesday. So then, yeah, I knew that I wanted to make sure we got your pot out before it. Great. And sometimes I don't get it out right away. Sure. So I didn't want to take that um, chance. Yeah. To do it last Monday and then not get it out on time. I Great. To, Thank you. Uh, I think it gives a, people a chance to um, just. I know we'll talk about it a little more depth. So yeah. yeah. All right. So um, <clears throat> let's look at the calendar. November twenty seventh. Yes. Yeah. Is officially given Tuesday. Yeah. So those who don't know about what Giving Tuesday is, why don't you fill them in? Okay. So Giving Tuesday really is a global day, uh, a global day of giving that's fueled um, by social media and the power of collaboration. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's a social media event. Yeah. And so um, I think it's been around for, this is where I'm not going to know. I think it's been around for eight years. Yeah, it's, I would say close, almost 10. Is so it I mean, almost 10? Well, I mean, All eight, right. 10. I mean, yeah. yeah. You're, you're and I know, and so it, it was around for a few years before the community foundation uh, got involved in Giving Tuesday. So the first year that we did Giving Tuesday was 2015. And so as you had alluded to, you know, you got Black Friday, Shop Small Town Saturday, Cyber Monday. And then now a time has arrived when people are starting to think about giving back to their communities or, or maybe thinking about some of the consumerism that the season may bring on. And and they're looking to maybe have a lasting impact through giving. And Giving Tuesday uh, uh, is a great opportunity to be able to do that. So, um, I mean, it's really a simple idea, you know, find a way to give back. Um, Five dollars. Um, I think is a great gift uh, on Giving Tuesday if you can make it, right? Um, you know, I talked earlier about the size of the Community Foundation. You know, it was built on gifts of less than $100. You know, I mean, certainly there have been some big gifts along the way. But, you know, $5 is a long way to go, especially if you have, you know, five friends that are going to give to the same organization. So anyway, Community Foundation got involved uh, in 2015. And in essence, you know, they had gone through where they had redone their websites. So we have, you know, we have four websites because we wanted each of our affiliates to be able to brand on their own and to be able to um, reflect their community and their community's needs. So we had four websites. So we had the platform to host this kind of thing. Um, a lot of nonprofits don't have the resources, the staff, or the technology to be able to take a credit card gift online. It costs money to mm -hmm. accept a credit card, right? And so the foundation had that platform. And so they, um, at the time, um, so what we have is we have 60 spots for nonprofits throughout the nine county region. 30 of them are for the lead foundation, the four counties. And then we have 10 spots for each of our affiliates. So we have 60 spots. And um, what's exciting for us this year is that 29 of the nonprofits taking place in this year's campaign are first time participants. Uh, so that's exciting, yes. right? Um, and so it's a 24 hour global day of giving. It starts at, you know, 1201 and it continues through 1159. And um, you can come to our website, 
cfnem.org on Giving Tuesday, and there'll be a big banner there that you can click on, and it'll bring you to our Giving Tuesday site that will have a scrolling list of all of the 60 participating community found, uh, participating organizations. Click on that organization, you make a gift um, via a credit card, and when you're done making that gift, if you want to give again, you can click give again, and you can pick another one of the uh, organizations that you want to give to. I know. Through the past couple of years, I've given through hospice. Absolutely. Through their, um, and I always do it in my mom's name, you know. And in memory, in memory of, of you, bet. Yeah. So um, it's always a. I mean, hospice has a special place in my heart, and it's always kind of neat to do it on a on the you know on the day of Giving Tuesday. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, these are great organizations that 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 have a lot of supporters that are out there do a lot. Uh, for the community. So you get to see a, a nice mix of, of different organizations. The response that I've gotten from people in the community says, you know, I've gone on the site to give to organization X, but before I found them, I gave to A, B, and C, <laughs> you know, as they scroll through. And it's been, it's been really exciting to see how they market um, as we get into Giving Tuesday. Because while they're marketing for themselves, they also talk to their donors about taking a moment to look at some of the organizations that are out there, mm -hmm. you know, and to be exposed, be exposed to. So it is a busy day in our office. We've seen exponential growth. Uh, in 2015, the first year we had it, uh, $30,000 was raised. And one individual gave a gift of 10000 to his favorite uh, organization that he sat on the board of. More power to you. That's awesome. Uh, in 2016, $41,000 was raised. And then last year, um, $120,000 was raised. And so last year, we had 796 donors that gave. I think this is a great moment because we don't have these very often where the power of social media sometimes gets a bad rep. But in this situation... Um, I think it really helped out. I mean, you know, it really spread the word around. And yeah, absolutely. Um, the power of social media can be very positive. Um, and, and for Giving Tuesday, it certainly is. And I also think, you know, for some of these donors, so what the foundation does is when you make a gift to um, a participating organization that day, if you give $5, they get $5. Um, the organizations don't have to have a fund at the community foundation. Um, if they do have a fund, uh, they can choose to put the money in their fund or they can choose to have us just cut them a check. We let the organization decide what they want to use the money for. Um, and so just know that every penny of your gift that you give to that organization flows right through to that organization. Um, and, you know, I think that as donors start looking to connect with, with new groups, um, I think their online presence is an important litmus test for them uh, yeah. to be able to distinguish, you know, if, you know, they're starting to measure organizations by some of their presence, mm -hmm. social media and, and websites. So um, for, our, for our participating organizations, they get lots of new donors. And uh, hopefully maybe they'll connect someone to that organization that will maybe give again next year and the following year and yeah. help that sustainability. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. I think it's a, it's a neat to go into that page and see all the 
organizations in our community. I didn't, you know, you're right. You could very well, I could see very much wanting to click on one, but like, oh my gosh, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's funny because uh, in 2015, I wasn't working at the Community Foundation, <laughs> right? And I remember my wife coming home uh, with Patrick and with Liam and saying, hey, there's this thing going on. It's Giving Tuesday. I'm going to give each of you $25. You go on and you pick the organization that you want and then you can make the gift to it. I'm like, well, do I get $25? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I, yeah. Can I? Can I? She's like, you know. So um, that was really my first uh, exposure to Giving Tuesday. I was at the house and my boys making a gift and they've wanted to give every year since. Um, my youngest boy loves animals and every year he gives to the um, Humane Society. Uh, and Patrick has given to the uh, Child Advocacy Center. You know, so yeah. So, so that was my first connection to Giving Tuesday. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Anything else you'd like to add about Giving Tuesday? You, yeah, I, I would just encourage anyone that's listening uh, to check it out. Um, actually, if you go to the website right now, uh, you can take a look at the organizations that are participating. There's a list of them there. So you can take a look at the list. Um, you know, I know we're going to do a top five later in the show, but would it be okay if I talk maybe about top five reasons that you should give on Giving Tuesday? Well, you do that right now. All right, great. All right, great. So I guess you go five, four, three, two, one with number one being the event. All right. Sure. So number five is to show the rest of the state, nation, and world what a generous community Northeast Michigan is. I like it. We show up for our fellow humans. We do. Yep. Number four, to support one or more of the 60 awesome nonprofits in Northeast Michigan who really need the funding, especially this time of the year. You know that. Yes. Yeah. Three, to be able to say, I gave on Giving Tuesday. <laughs> it's kind of like one of the best things. Yeah. And then follow that up with, did you? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? And if it's before midnight, you know, you can go on and answer that. Number two, uh, to be part of something bigger than yourself, making a bigger impact than any of us could do on our own. It's the collective, right? Yep. Yeah. And then I think the number one reason you should give on Giving Tuesday is giving has been known to improve physical and mental health of the giver and make you live longer. That's my boss's favorite. My boss has always said that, Bruce Anchoats. Um, It's one of his mantras or shticks he always talks yeah. about when he's asked to speak about why he gives. And, yeah. You know, um, it's one of his go-to lines. All right, good. Yeah. All right. Well, it's not just a go-to line. It's the truth. Yeah. Right? I think this is a great opportunity for people listening. And who knows how many we have. And little kids in between them. But it really is. And the example I used was 100 Heroes last year. We did it for United oh. Way. We were $10,000 short and we're all sitting there. And my wife comes up with this idea like, uh, well, I said, I go, you know, we could get 100 people to give $100. That's all it is. And I mean, $100 is a lot of money, but $10,000 yes, is more. Right. Amount, you know. So I was like, you know, we could just find 100 people to give 100 bucks. We hit, we'd be right there. So then we created this 100 Heroes thing. And uh, it was amazing all the people that wanted to do that and felt, you're right, the sense of community, being able to be part of something so much bigger than they thought they could have done on their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can give in memory or in honor of somebody yeah. as well. You know, and we reflect that in the gift. Uh, there's a comment spot uh, when you go to make your gift. And that feels good too, man. It's it powerful. Yes. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, so give on Giving Tuesday. 
Yes. Well, that yeah. was a great top five, but that's not our top five this week. No. I'll take a break. Well, you could, t- yes, but why don't you tell people? Let's like tease it. it oh, you have to keep a secret. I you do. do. Just like I keep a secret. Um, Pat, I'll need one other thing from you today. Okay. And you might have to get your son. I'm sorry, Pat. All your right. Son, Pat. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, we use a Bitmoji to cover each episode. Oh, nice. So I don't know. I got a Bitmoji. Do you? Come on now. All right. Good. So I'll need you to send that to me. <laughs> all right. And, um, but yeah, that is um, 100%. Yeah. Like, that is the only thing we ever ask. Other than you know, showing up and talking. Cool. Um, yeah. And we only had one person that hasn't done it. I'm not saying his name, but if you go through our episodes, it makes the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you can, uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, but yeah, it's awesome. And really, what we, it's fun to look, go through. Yeah. To, you know, what people choose, their personality, and so on and so forth. That's but funny. Yeah. yeah so, um, I do have one. But yeah. So, but anyways, when you send it, a lot of times I keep it from Brad. It's oh. usually hidden from. So a lot of times he doesn't get to see it till I post the episode, and then Brad's always. It's one of his. You like the surprise, don't you? I do. You do. <laughs> I sense that about you. The anticipation and the payoff. So they got surprised. So yeah, that's, where that was that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Me not having kids. <laughs> Brad doesn't have kids. We are searching for a Mrs. Brad. Mm. So hopefully Christmas will bring a Mrs. Brad to you. Maybe. We'll see. When the time is right, Mrs. Brad will appear. <coughs> right now you just focus on yourself. Sure. Oh my gosh. She needs a hurry up. I'm not getting any younger. I, if that, if that were to happen during Christmas... I mean, whenever it happens, I'm going to be emotional. Like, full-fledged. I mean, I couldn't even imagine your wedding. I would just be a ugly, crying. You're kind of mess. tearing up right now. Oh, I could. I mean, if I really think it would be you, Brad's a crier. So you should know that ahead of time. I'm not afraid of, of expressing that oh. Irish emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Just be. Oh, oh, no doubt. All right, good. All right. On to top five. And our top five this week is top five Christmas songs. I did this one this morning when Steve told me. I was like, hell yeah. Kind of was that pretty easy? That was yeah. a great one. Did you have an way. easy time with it? I had easy. I'm still working on yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. It took me a little while. I was trying to think of something that, you know, wouldn't be political or wouldn't. Uh... So anyway, I thought holiday songs would be a great place to go. We're about to start hearing a ton of it. So yeah, what's yeah. your top five, man? I would like to say one thing. Before mm-hmm. we start this, mm-hmm. we typically do honorable mentions first. Oh, but I think in this situation, we should do honorable mentions last. Are you all right with that? Okay. Oh, I'm going to have a tough time with the honorable mention. Uh, yeah, you don't have to. All right, good. Okay, but I just so like, you can't commit to five. You got to have the honorables out there. Sometimes. All sometimes right. In this situation, yeah, there can be a tie. I'm still, okay. I'm still struggling. All right. Well, my number five. Is Silent Night, and the version I like best is Boys the Moon. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great poll, Brad. That's a great song too. It is. I mean, I'm not a big singer in church, but when Christmas time comes around and they sing songs I like, Silent Night is always one of them that I really get into it. Spirit moves you, and you yeah. just let it rip. I don't think I let it rip, but <laughs> let it rip, Brad style. Yes. All right. 
So I sing under my breath, I guess. All right. But I think that you brought up an important thing, that it is kind of important in some songs to list who the singer is, because some of these traditional songs have been covered by a lot of artists. Oh, the artists. version. Yeah, the version for me right? is all of this list. The version is the key for you. Okay, so I have some some artists, and then others I don't. Yeah, that's right? fine. Yeah. So my fifth, I guess, it's going to be Someday at Christmas. It's, it's my only one here that's super new. So it's the Audrey Day, Stevie Wonder version that was on the Apple commercial. It was either last year or two years ago. It was nice. two years ago. I absolutely love I mean, I love that song, but having added her onto it really made it cool. So that's my number five. Number five. All right. I'm not doing well still. I'm still upset by this. But I'm <laughs> so my number five, I'm reaching back to my Arizona experience, and I got to go with Feliz Navidad. Right. Get a little closer on this. All right. All right. Number four is probably Steve's number one. But I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I heard this in scoops tonight. So. And my nephew told us a fact that I don't know if it's true or not, but he says this song was based on a true story. And I don't even, I don't know this song. No, so I will have what is it called? Really? One hippopotamus for Christmas. And it's one my, hippopotamus I for want, Christmas. I want I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah. So this is a great moment. We're gonna talk about it. So why don't you tell people what we're gonna do with this? We're gonna make a list. Or we're gonna publish it. Oh yeah, we're gonna make a Spotify list. Okay. So top five. We were gonna wait till season two. To start the Spotify list, we were going to make like a guest list. It'll be a test run. Yeah, but this is a test run. Since Christmas time, it's perfect. Yeah. So we're going to take all our lists here. We're going to put on one in Spotify playlist. I'll share the link from the page. And then people, if you want to listen to it, like some of these, like if you haven't heard, great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll hear it again because I'm going to have to go home and play that one because I want to. It's by Gala PV. So. Nice. So supposedly, this song is based on a true story where the girl was given a hippopotamus for Christmas, but she had to sell it to the zoo. So. Mm. Of course, this is coming from a 10-year-old, so who knows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number four for me is Snoopy versus Red Baron by the Royal Guardsmen. I'll like that song anytime, but I, I found out just recently that this is also like Aaron's, my brother, one of his favorite, if not the favorite Christmas song of his. So that bumped it up because, you know, Aaron loves the Kansas, my brother. Okay. So, and I always get excited when he comes home. Like, yeah. We all, he essentially only comes home during the summer, Christmas, the only time we see him. So once I always hear the song, I know it's always getting close to him coming home. And we always get so excited when he does. So um, I already heard it twice today. And both times I, the one time I took a picture and I sent it to him. The other time I just sing along. So yeah. I almost made a new rule for this. I almost imposed it on myself, and then you could see what you thought of this rule. If you can't sing the words to the song, like the whole way, like if you were to shut it off, oh. and sing it, then is it really your favorite Christmas song? Mm. That's what I was, I struggled mm. with that because some of these words I don't know that right there. Mm -hmm. Hippo song, I could sing the hippo song all day long. Mm -hmm. But then I think of like a song, you know, Adesta Fidelis, you know, that's sung in church, right? Could I sing that thing all the way through? I mean, I love the song, maybe an honorable mention, I don't know, but. Yeah. You know, so something like that in Latin, you know, maybe yeah. a pass. It can still be power. So I would say that you should at least be able to sing most of the words, but not all of the words. How's that? Right. All right. Correct. 
And that's what I settled with. Okay. That ultimately, that's what I went with because, you know, otherwise Snoop would have been out here. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your number four? Number four. All right. So me, number four is Blue Christmas. I had to throw a little Elvis okay, into Elvis. the mix. I, I don't know. I'm a fan of his. And um, so when, 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 you know, Christmas comes around, uh, yeah, Blue Christmas by Elvis. That's my favorite Blue Christmas version. Okay. Um, yes. 100%. I didn't even know there were others. I didn't either. <laughs> I've heard others. I'm not saying okay. they're good. All right. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. All right. Number three for me is A Baby Just Like You. And it's off the Muppets and the John Denver Christmas album. And it's mostly because they say, Happy or Merry Christmas, Zachary. So, makes sense. Um, number three for me, God dang it, it's the Christmas song by David Matthews Band. <laughs> so I really wanted to push that up there, but I feel so strongly about the other two coming up that I had no choice but to. I'm not, this is really difficult for me. So yeah. I'm I can see you. I mean, they can't see your nonverbals, but you're struggling struggle. with this. I don't like it. I know. We should have done at least 10, but we, we it's your top five. Well, it's purposely <laughs> left to the honor bunches because. What I was scared is some of these honorable mentions. I'm sure you did some honorable mentions in any way. Yeah. So, but what I didn't want to do is be like, oh, well, I mean, we, we start pulling things out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's no fun. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that was number three for you? Number three. So, number three for me is Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, uh, Brenda Lee. And uh, there's just something about that song when it starts playing that kind of gets me feeling happy and good about the holidays. And. Yeah, rocking around the Christmas tree. Let's take a whole moment with that. Yeah, how do you not think? You know, that's great Christmas tunes in that, but yeah. yeah. All right, number two for me is Dominic the Donkey by the Hit Company. Just, well, it's a donkey for Christmas. He's Italian, so. The Italian Donkey Dominic. That's another Christmas song that I don't know, Brad. It's a good one. I can't wait for your playlist to come out, Steve. I, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I know I can't make that. That's going to have to stay on the floor. That's going to have to stay honorable mention. So number two isn't a Christmas song, technically. It is by Zoe Deschanel. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Deschanel. Deschanel and Gordon Levitt. And it's what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Mm. And I, I can't even find that. I have to rip the audio. I had to rip the audio from the YouTube video, and then I have an MP3 in my iTunes, but I can't find it anywhere. Mm. So, but I absolutely not on the 500 Days of Summer soundtrack. <laughs> it might very well be, but um, yeah. So that's it. Nice. I'm well, that's happy. a holiday song, it right? Is. It's New Year's. Yeah. It's right around the same yeah. time. I'm not happy. All right. So probably All right. around New Year's. So. Oh, I mean, wrong Christmas. I listened to it three times. I made Allison listen to it three times in the car. So, so for me, my number two is "It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year." Yes, a little Andy Williams tune. One of those songs. Once again, you hear that? You know, Christmas is coming, man. I listen to that song every morning of March Madness. Do you? <laughs> I, I, I sing it opening day of trout camp, right? Okay, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I, I do extend it to another part of yeah. the year as well in the spring. We will sing it at yeah. trout camp. But, yeah, 
It's also great here at the holidays. It is. I like skis. <laughs> <laughs> the March Madness. Yeah. All right. Number one for me is Little Drummer Boy by the Jackson 5. Just hits me in the chest. It just gets you. It does. Yeah. Anything with little Michael in it, it's like really good. Yeah. Like I heard they must have put a Jackson 5 Christmas album. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. And I was listening to that. Like, man, I've never heard this version, but I heard a little Michael singing in it. And I was like, this is really good. Like, yeah. just because little Michael, I don't know, there's something about little Michael. You can sing. Yeah. And it's so innocent. Is yeah. that the word I want to say? I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's just pure and before all the other crap that yeah. just happened with that whole family. So. Yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it. So it's Hippopotamus. So I'm done. Number one song is Hippopotamus. I really want to not have another song be in the list, but that is my number, that is my favorite Christmas song. That is your favorite Christmas song, and that's the one that you mentioned earlier. So it's too late now. But what I was going to do this year, and maybe I'll do it next year, because I just didn't have it in me emotionally to do a Christmas float. Yes. So... I talked this on Brad's neighbors. We talked about this on the neighbors pod. My idea, what I wanted, was a giant, huge paper mache pink hippo. Okay. Just going down the parade. Yes. And the, the, that song blaring, and then just have like twenty people in pink tutus throwing out candy canes to the crowd. Beautiful. You try to get so it's pink, the color of the hippo, and well, I mean, whatever your color, yeah, I want. Okay, I mean, beggars aren't choosers at this point. But one, we, Alice and I were trying to find a cheap way around this because we just couldn't make a giant pink hippo. So then we were, we found one where you could buy someone's roadside hippo, like a concrete one. Oh right, and for like a thousand dollars, like that's not an option. How are you gonna move that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the next one was they have like inflatable ones, like on Amazon and stuff like like you put for your yard, but it's yeah. only like. Three feet. Oh, I mean, right. I, need, I need to think of that's not of scale. Yeah, I mean, on on a float, it yeah. has to be like ten feet. So yeah, never happened. But that was the idea, and it would have been awesome. So now I really got to hear this song because that was your number four, four, and your number one. Yeah, cool man. So my number one is Oh Holy Night. Um, just something about that song. Uh, probably growing up in the Catholic Church, hearing it at Mass. Uh, for me, it's powerful. There's a Tevin and Campbell version of that song that I absolutely love. You know, All right, Carrie's version is yeah, yeah, they're both yeah, solid. yeah. I and mean, there's a lot of singers out there that knock that one out. Yeah, do you so. want to? Do you have any honorable mention to throw out there? I'll let you guys run with the honorable mention, man. I, I think that. So okay, so I'll just throw one out there. So I, I don't know why, but every time this song comes out around Christmas time, I'll, I'll, I'll find myself singing it, and I don't even know that I know it, but I do it every year. And that's uh, is it Wham Last Christmas? It's on there. It's, yes, it has to be on the list. There's a series of '80s Christmas songs that, if they're not on the list, is, you can't. You could argue, is it even truly a list? Right. So I guess that would be one honorable mention that I'll throw out there. I'm mad that we, I didn't even pick an '80s song. Really, like, is it? I could argue it's my list is garbage because I don't have any of them on there. Well, you still got a chance now with your honorable mention. Oh, I know. Pull that's, one if you want that's to. what I'm selling myself. Yeah. I'll start off my honorable mentions there with Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Again, you can make the argument that's one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. Sure. Well, it brought a lot of people together, right? Bob Geldof, wasn't he the – was he the originator that brought that together? I don't know. No, maybe he was We Are the World. I mean, that's all the same. Yeah. 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 
Do they even? Yeah, that's a good one. And then there's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I mean, I'm kind of surprised it didn't make the cut. Mm. I keep thinking that I want to do a lip syncing version of that at the dealership. But nobody, make it happen. nobody wants to really do it. Nobody wants to do lip syncing Christmas songs or no one Just, really? Well, I asked like, hey, would you guys want to lip sync a Christmas song? And then they were like, eh. everyone kind of like, eh. and then I was like, well, that's no fun. But, and then I didn't tell them this is the song I wanted to do. Mm. Just because I think it's got to be upbeat. You know, yeah. It's be, yeah. Peppy. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you would have to do some sort of, I mean, to really pull it off, you would have to, you'd have to do a little enhancing, maybe some, something, a wig, uh, maybe a eyelash. I, I got it all figured out. Okay. In my head, all right. But it's just. Is there a costume involved or anything? Just I, singing? I okay. mean, well, Bruce and Santa Oh, nice. It'd be sick, but whatever. <laughs> All right. There's 12 Days of Christmas by the Muppets and John Denver. I always like that one. And the Chipmunk song, Christmas Don't Be Late by the Alvin and the Chipmunks. I forgot that song and it definitely should be on the list. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised at the songs like um, that we didn't have. So I guess maybe, you know, so Christmas and Hollis. I'm really pissed off that I couldn't. I really wanted to make that on there. It was either Run DMC or Dave Matthews. Like, I had to choose between those. You picked the wrong one. Well, you know, Let It Snow by Boys to Men, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like their version. You know, I mean, I don't know if you know, it's not like Let It Snow. It's, they did like their own. Christmas. I know a little Boys to Men. I like it. So, in that same thread, then um, Ho 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 and a Bottle of Rum by Jimmy Buffett. I'm not sure that I know okay, that song that, too. You know the Buffett Christmas song, right? So then you know that song. That is like my favorite song off that album. <laughs> Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Yeah. I mean, please, please come home for Christmas. The John Bon Jovi version. Sure. I just, just have to add it to the list for Baby is Cold Outside, Zoe again from the Elf soundtrack. Yeah, very good. Yeah. She's got a nice voice. So yeah. Yeah. That's most of them. But I'm upset because I just feel like. Hey, man, you represented your five songs are. Put them on the playlist. So I am, yeah, really what's going to On the B side. So what's put it on the B side of the playlist. I'm going to jack it in that Spotify list, and it's not going to be five. It's going to be like <laughs> 50 songs. It's funny. Yeah. It's your list. Well, it's for the B one. I guess they're like, hey, well, the good news is I got all these scripture songs in one spot. Steve did it all for us. So there you go. All right. So any surprises? No, I was surprised that all I want for Christmas is you wasn't on any of our lists. I was. Well, I worked at Full Locker in the mall. Is when that CD came out, and I remember um, Brian Turner. You remember Brian? Wanted that Mariah Carey cutout of her in that Santa suit, and he kept asking Mike Nolak, who managed the record store at the time. He kept going every day, like, how much you got to have for that thing? That's one of the, I don't know, weird things that end up in your psyche. You know, Absolutely, your yeah. You know, I mean, so yeah. Well, the surprise for me, if I can have a surprise, is that a song made both of your top fives, and I don't even know it. So I'm excited to be exposed to a little new Christmas music. Well, we're going to play it right after this break, because I got it right here on my computer. Cool, so man. We'll listen to it, and then we'll come back, and we'll go over all the stuff. We'll wrap it up. Put in the episode a nice little boat. All right. 
Well, thank you for coming on, Patrick. We really appreciate it. Hey, man. My first podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. I really, uh, I'm happy that I came to Brad's Kitchen. Uh, I wanted to be in the spot. And yeah. so, great meeting you. Nice meet you uh, thanks for inviting me to come in and talk a little about the foundation and for featuring Giving Tuesday. Yeah. So, just a re- quick recap to people. If they're interested in donating, where can they go? Yeah. So, um, CFNEM dot org so community foundation northeast michigan cfnem.org um you're also welcome to call me yeah uh 354-6881 um we're located on the corner of washington and ripley um right there on the corner you're welcome to come in and stop by the office and say hello yeah. Uh, we're the first door there, but yeah, questions you want to reach out, reach out. Um, they wanted to talk about endowments or questions about scholarships because that's coming, of course. Yeah, that is so. anything that's on their mind if they're thinking about uh, exploring how to give, how to leave a lasting legacy, if they're interested in being for good forever, we can help them figure out a way to connect them uh, to the causes and the, the, the things that they're passionate about. That's awesome, yeah. Bradley, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, it's Thanksgiving. We might run run a turkey trot on Thursday. Are you going to do the race Wednesday night? The Jingle Bell Jog? Or it's whatever. Friday night. Or, oh, is it Friday? I'm sorry, that's Friday night. Yes, yeah, Friday night before the parade. I might do that one too. We'll see. It depends on the weather. I'm not a big fan of running in crappy weather. So. Hmm. But Creed 2 starts tomorrow. So hopefully that'll come to Alpena sometime soon. And I guess uh, Peter Pan starts at the theater this weekend. That's correct. Might go see that. We'll see. Other than that, I don't know. Well, you're going to watch the Michigan-Ohio State game. Oh, yes. Of course. I know that. And then um, we might do a video Sunday. I think we're going to hopefully do that. And this is, like, perfect. There's just the right amount of snow. The roads would just dry up so you don't hurt yourself. Too um, bad. We got a hot take for the kitchen Christmas video we're gonna we're working on. Um, this is just a little. I don't know what it's gonna be. I told my mom about it today. She's like, "Me and your dad are gonna have to come down and see that." <laughs> We've been working on this for uh, Brad and I knew this for years. I don't think we're gonna have all the people in it. I don't because I just have it ahead. I don't maybe we will, but. Um, but we're definitely going to do the thing regardless. So, um, what do you have going on this weekend? So Thursday's Thanksgiving, yeah, right. So we're actually going to host it at our house for the first time in many years. So um, I appreciate Anne's aunt and uncle for allowing us to host this year at our house. That's been their thing. So we're going to host it at our house. Uh, Friday, of course, is the parade. Uh, we live close to the parade route. And so we'll have an open house um, where we'll have some people over and put together some food that's non-traditional, non-Thanksgiving foods. That's Friday. Uh, Saturday is my boy's 19th birthday. Mm-hmm. So we will celebrate uh, with him, uh, at least before he skirts, so he can celebrate out with his friends that are probably home for Thanksgiving weekend. And then Sunday will probably be a day of trying to bring it all back together and rest and get ready for the work week. Maybe there'll be a little Ohio State, Michigan in there on Saturday. Who knows? You know, tune in to the big game. But yeah, it's always a great weekend, great four day weekend, and lots of fun things going on in town for that. Yeah, there is always amazing stuff. So, um, 
Yeah. I will not be running in the parade <laughs> or you, before the parade. You should know you can walk that. I just saw yeah. today that they will have people walking it. You can. Um, and I think there are going to be walkers. So don't feel like it's one of those things where they, I know a lot of races are notorious for this. They'll say, walkers are welcome. You get there, you're the only walker, and they have yeah. five Every, people, yeah. everybody there can run it in six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's nothing going to be like that. I usually don't run unless somebody's chasing me. That's, no, I've seen you. You, you. I've seen you out there working the circuit. You used okay. to run, or you were running. I'm going to try to get back into the spring, but why not I'm, Friday? Well, I'm going to. I ideally, in a perfect world, I dress up like the Grinch, staple the horns in my dog's head because he's like just I'm like literally staples. Well, not no with soft with soft yeah. pita approved yeah. staples. And, um, <laughs> we'd run down there because I think that would be hilarious. I think people would get a kick out of it. Yeah, those are the definitely things I think are fun. Yeah. I mean, and that's the spirit of what I think they want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, yeah, dress um, up. You made me think of you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That's yeah. kind of an interesting song. Yes. Yeah. I'm Will the Grinch. <laughs> I thought of that. And there was another song I just thought of when we were talking about. Oh, you talked about the parade. And um, last year we pulled Santa. Oh. And, um, I, man, I, I wish. Every time I see that picture on Facebook with the invite, I see our float that we made. And I think of you know, everything that went into that thing. I mean, Jamie and I spent literally days, probably weeks on that float. More time than two people should humanly ever spent on that. But we took presenting Santa very seriously. Yeah, it's a big deal, man. And um, so I, I saw that, and I think of the band. We had live music in the parade. Yeah. And um, I just – That parade is <laughs> awesome. It's yes. – yeah. Especially when it snows. Oh, man, that first or second year, that, like, silver dollar yes, little – You perfect. know, I mean – Yeah. 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 Um, so the year before that, I pulled my daughter. She was in the Miss Potato Festival. And then the one year, we did the Charlie Brown float. So we did the Charlie Brown Christmas with the tree and them yeah. and everything. And, uh, so it feels weird to not be in the parade, but it feels really good, actually, to be able to just enjoy it, yeah, relax and enjoy it. So <clears throat> we watch Michigan Saturday, Thanksgiving with the kids, Thursday, Thanksgiving with the Solingers. So that's about all I got. <clears throat> it's a little key week. The way I want it. Had a busy right. weekend. So mm-hmm. next week we are having Mrs. Tracy Wordblow Granada come on. All right. So that'll be the guest there, and then um, we got a nice full slate of December, and then we'll just go from there. All right. So thank you once again, Patrick. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks a lot. And good luck on Giving Tuesday. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right. See you.